Hello, this is Reverend Karina Frenzel, filling in for Reverend Judith Laxer. Thank you for listening to the podcast of our service entitled, Remember and Awaken. Wherever you are tuning in from, thank you for joining us. My wish is that the food for thought offered brings great nourishment for your soul. Our ministry for the goddess is supported solely by those like you who partake of its teachings. If you feel served by listening, please push the donate button now and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you and blessed be. On the wheel of the year, Ostara arrives on Monday, March 20th at 2.24 p.m. when the sun moves into Aries. This is also known as the spring equinox, a time of balance where we experience equal day and equal night. Starting from that point, the days will grow visibly longer as we tip into the light half of the year. This is the time that we say the Earth Mother is fully awakening from her winter slumber. And we could see that already happening out in nature. Tulips and daffodils are starting to sprout. The nettles are ready to harvest. And all around us, life is returning. In years past, Reverend Judith would often turn to the Demeter-Persephone myth and look to the story of Persephone's return at this time. This year, given that she is now on the shores of the Nile, I thought that it would be timely to look at another story of rebirth and awakening, just like nature is doing in season. So today I will share with you the story of Isis and Osiris, which comes to us from the land of Egypt. Isis was known as a sovereign queen of Egypt, ruling alongside her husband slash brother Osiris. It is said that under their rule, it was a time of peace when the land of Egypt prospered. Isis is known as queen and lover, and she's also depicted as the mother. The statues of Horus suckling at her breast were the prototypes for Mary and Jesus imagery that came much later. I've adapted the story of Isis and Osiris from the book, The Witch's Goddess by Janet and Stuart Farrar. And it goes something like this. In days of old, when goddesses and gods dwelled here among us, Isis and Osiris ruled as queen and king. They were benevolent rulers, teaching their people how to live in harmony with the earth and with each other. It was a peaceful time and Egypt prospered. However, in the shadows was Osiris's brother Set and his wife Nephthys, who happened to be Isis's sister. As is usual, when one feels lesser than or slighted, jealousy takes over. Brother pits himself against brother, sister against sister. Set and Nephthys grew jealous of Isis and Osiris's power and how devoted the people were to them so strong was this jealousy that Set contrived a plot to kill Osiris. He created a beautiful chest like a sarcophagus, made of the finest wood, encrusted with precious jewels, painted in gold leaf. Set brought the sarcophagus to the throne room and proclaimed that it would be awarded to the person that fit it best, all the while secretly fashioning it to fit Osiris perfectly. 
Kings and dignitaries from near and far coveted the sarcophagus for themselves. So each traveled to the land of Egypt to see if they were the perfect fit. Finally, Osiris came into the throne room and lay in the chest. As soon as he did, Set slammed the lid down. Wham! Then Set and his henchmen held down the lid, nailed it shut, whisked it out of the throne room, tossed it onto their waiting chariot, ran like the wind to the shores of the Nile, and then threw it in. Now that's a lot of jealousy and anger, my friends. When Isis learned of Set's deception, she was furious. Then the reality of what happened sunk in, and despair took over. But fueled by her deep devotion and love for her husband, she took up the search for the sarcophagus holding her husband's remains. She traveled all over Egypt, and as the moons passed, her royal garments became threadbare, her hair disheveled, yet she still continued to ask anyone and everyone that she met if they had seen the beautifully jeweled sarcophagus. Finally, she traced the coffin's journey to Byblos in Phoenicia, which is modern-day Lebanon, where a tamarisk tree had grown around it. It was around this tree that King Malachander of the Phoenicians built his palace. Isis, in her wisdom, disguised herself as a nursemaid for King Malachander and Queen Astarte's son to win their trust. After several moons of caring for their son, Isis revealed herself, and because of the love and care she had shown, the king and queen gifted her with a ship whereby she could return with her husband's remains to Egypt. I want to point out here the similarity of this story to Demeter's search for Persephone. It demonstrates how universal the story of loss and the search for a loved one is in so many cultures. But now back to my story. When Isis returned to Egypt, she hid Osiris' body deep in the marshes to keep him safe. Yet, she couldn't help but share her happiness with her sister Nephthys. But instead of bringing joy to her sister's heart on hearing this news, a resentment began to build. Nephthys, unhappy with her own marriage and compelled by the jealousy of Isis and Osiris' deep abiding love, revealed Osiris' location to her husband, Set. Set, in a fit of rage, stormed to the marshes, seized the sarcophagus, pulled out the nails that sealed it shut, and then lifting the lid and seeing his brother's beautifully preserved body, Set, in a blind fury, cut Osiris up into 14 pieces, and then, to ensure his demise, Set scattered Osiris' body all over Egypt. When the news of this desecration reached Isis, she was devastated. Yet, unwavering in her love, she refused to curl up in despair. Instead, she took up the search once again, traveling all over Egypt to collect the pieces of her beloved. Each time a part was found, she lovingly anointed it with precious oil and then gently placed it in a beautiful sarcophagus she herself had fashioned. She traveled far and wide and soon had 13 pieces, but no matter how hard she looked, she could not find the 14th piece. 
which was his phallus. And that's because it was thrown into the Nile and eaten by a crab. <laughs> there are so many things I could say right now, but I digress. Isis would not be deterred, and so she fashioned a phallus out of clay. And when she placed it onto his dismembered body, she breathed life back into him, and he became whole. It was as if the breath of her love was the thread that wove him back together. And now whole again, Osiris was resurrected. The phallus is a symbol of the rising and falling of the Nile, bringing fertility to the land. And this story is also a symbol of Osiris's journey, dying each winter to become the ruler in the land of the dead, and then coming back to life each spring. Quite the story, huh? <laughs> what first strikes me is the similarity this story has to the other stories of death and resurrection. Persephone's ascent, Inanna's return from the underworld, and of course, Jesus' return from the dead. And how again this speaks to the universality that this story has in reference to the rebirth we see happening at this time of year out in nature and the miracle of life returning. I'm also fascinated by the idea that Osiris is dismembered and then remembered and what we ourselves can take away from this story. So, in usual Guy's Temple fashion, I couldn't do this service justice if I didn't go to the dictionary and look up the etymology of the words. So the roots of the word dismember and remember is membrum, meaning a portion, division, or part. In this case, a part of a limb or a body. Dismember is to take apart, while remember is to put it back to that together or to come back anew. We sometimes think of the word remembering as bringing something to mind again. But another way to understand the word remember is to bring back parts of oneself into wholeness. This sheds some light on how we can look at the story in terms of our own lives. How often do we feel scattered, like we're all over the place, being pulled apart in different directions? How often do we find our minds wandering, either ruminating about something that happened in the past or worrying or perseverating about something that might happen in the future? Today, multitasking is revered, and exhaustion is seen as a sign of a good work ethic. We're always on the go, doing things on high alert, at breakneck speed. So, when this happens to me, I've actually caught myself a time or two and stopped and noticed what I'm doing in the moment. I've noticed that I've become rigid, I'm holding my breath, no wonder we're feeling scattered and frazzled. It's really difficult to fire on all cylinders when we're not oxygenating our brain cells. Isis lovingly brings all the pieces of Osiris back together again and breathes life back into him so that he becomes whole. So during these moments of feeling scattered, we can call on her. We can ask Isis to make us whole once again. 
How? By grounding and centering. I know this teaching isn't new. In fact, we grounded and centered at the beginning of this service today. However, I'm suggesting that we bring this practice forward into our everyday lives. We don't only need to do this when we're creating sacred space. We could call on Isis to bring our scattered minds to the present and lovingly breathe ourselves into wholeness at any time and all the time. Because when we are fully present, we find that living in the moment awakens us to this richness and vibrancy of being alive and really living. Life is one act, why do we lay all these traps? We put them right in our path when we just want to be free. I will not waste my days making up all kinds of ways to worry about all the things that will not happen to me. So I just let go what I know I don't know, and I know I owe. Living in the moment, living my life, easy and a breeze, peace in my mind, peace in my heart, yeah, peace in my soul, wherever I'm going, already home, I'm living in the moment, I'm letting myself off the hook for go past and now I'm having more fun. I'm letting go of the thoughts that do not make me strong and I believe this way can feel the same for everyone. If I fall asleep I know you'll be the one who'll always remind me to live it in the moment, live in my life. Easy and a breeze, peace in my mind, peace in my heart, yeah, peace in my soul, wherever I'm going, I'm already home, I can't walk through life facing backwards, I have tried, tried more than once to just make sure I didn't the future I've been searching for has spun around and heard no more. By living in the moment, living my life, easy and a breezy, peace of my mind, peace of my heart, yeah, peace of my soul, wherever I'm going, already home. I'm living in a moment. I 
my mind. Got peace in my heart. Got peace in my soul. Strong and I believe I'm going. Already I'm living in the moment. I'm living my life. Easy and breezy. Peace in my mind. Got peace in my heart. Peace in my soul. Wherever I'm going. Already home. I'm living in the moment. Yay! Oh, I love that song. Thank you, Steph, Pam, and Kathy. That was beautiful. I love the story of Isis and Osiris also because it focuses on renewal, rebirth, and awakening. And I had one of the most powerful experiences of awakening recently at the International Convocation of Priestesses in Crete last year. It was at the opening ceremony. The priests and priestesses of the Greek goddess temple offered their ritual of remembrance. Pentelis, the priest and founder of that temple, came forward wearing blue jeans and a long white robe bordered with Greek keys, holding up a bowl filled with burning herbs as an offering. He approached the main altar and invoked the goddess in Greek. Although I don't know exactly what was being said, I felt the hairs start to prickle on my skin. Part of me started to awaken. Then two priestesses, their faces adorned with ceremonial masks, came forward in an ecstatic dance as evocative music filled the temple space. Then, one by one, we were approached by a temple priestess. When it was my turn, Priestess Ariadne approached me. Her piercing brown eyes connected with mine, and I felt like she was looking deeply into my soul. She took my hand and asked me, are you ready to remember? It felt as if the goddess herself was asking me this question. And the priestess I was in every past life was answering. The call was so strong, an emotion overtook me. And weeping, I replied, yes. After I answered, she escorted me to the back of a processional line. And soon I approached the priest Pantelis, now garbed with a black hooded robe, his face now covered with a dark ceremonial mask. He gifted me with a sacred bay leaf and whispered in my ear, remember. With the bay leaf in hand, I joined my sisters and brothers to process up the sacred way to the altar of the goddess. With every step, I remembered the priestess I have been for lifetimes, walking reverently on this sacred land in this very way, approaching her temple with an offering. The priestess I was from ancient times merging and coalescing with the priestess I am today, 
remembered, whole, and awakened. Since that profound ceremony, I feel forever changed. In that remembering experience, I was awakened anew. Where I used to see myself as disjointed, wearing many hats from my time as priestess in service to our beautiful community here at Guy's Temple, to my day job working on projects for a local hospital, or as wife, daughter, or friend in the world, I now experience my life as fully integrated as a priestess, moving through my days in service, regardless of what I am doing. Now, that's not to say that you have to go to Crete to have a similar type of experience, to have such a profound awakening. Although, I highly recommend it. <laughs> and, as an aside, if you are interested, come talk to me, because the next convocation is happening in October 2024. So, with the growing light, and as the life force of Earth is rising, let us ride that magic towards our own awakening. So now, if you will, can you, my friends, get as comfortable as you can. Gently close your eyes and go within. In your mind's eye, reconnect to your grounding cord that you set down at the beginning of our service. Bring your attention to your third eye in the center of your forehead. Imagine it like an actual eye. Open it and look out through it into your imagination. Find yourself alongside the banks of the wide, majestic Nile in Egypt. Its surface looks calm, but you notice that the current is swift and it flows on its journey to the Mediterranean. The winter floods have started to recede and all around you, the fertility of nature is returning. Green shoots are starting to emerge from the rich, dark soil. Find a comfortable place now to sit overlooking the waters. Now you hear someone approaching. Turning towards the direction of the sound, you see it is Isis. Her beauty takes your breath away. She is tall and slender and resplendent in a long golden dress. Her arms and shoulders are bare, adorned by golden bands decorated with precious red-orange carnelians and gold-spangled blue lapis lazuli circling her wrists and biceps. Around her head is a golden circlet topped with a red solar disc flanked by cow horns. And she is radiating love. She approaches you and takes your hand, encouraging you to stand before her. She speaks, my child, my heart is gladdened to see you, for you are a child of the divine. Today, I gift you with this chance to remember who you truly are. With that, she places her hands on your head and you close your eyes to receive her blessing. 
She then places her two thumbs on your third eye, and with a jolt, it opens looking inward, awakened and connected to your innermost soul. Take a moment now and look within your soul with fresh new eyes and find what is ready to be awakened within you. Good. Now you feel the breath of the goddess fill you. As you do, her divine magic inspires you with golden light reaching into all parts of your being. You feel as if you are coalescing, becoming whole. Now, fully remembered, you open your eyes once more to see her bright eyes smiling at you. Isis speaks, I give you this gift of remembering and awakening. To honor me, I ask that you take this gift now out into the world for the highest good. With her final blessing now bestowed, she unfurls her majestic wings that were tucked away at her back and enfolds you with them. It is as if the goddess is holding you. Breathe deeply and take in her love. And when you feel ready, let the image fade, open your eyes, and gently come back.
Thank you, Pam. Thank you, everyone. We sounded magnificent. So, my friends, as we enter into the last light half of the year, may we take this teaching out into our everyday lives. In moments when we feel scattered, may we call on the goddess Isis to help bring our scattered minds home. May we breathe ourselves into wholeness. And may what has awakened in us today start to unfurl and flourish with the growing light. Blessed be. So now we open the floors up to our community prayers. And I'm going to ask folks to really speak up, especially with wearing masks in this large space. It's difficult to hear, and our prayer 